Hello, and welcome to the MM&M podcast. My name is Larry Dilgrau, and I'm MM&M senior editor. We have a terrific podcast for you right now. We have probably our first repeat guest. Um, it is Sebastian Guth, the president of pharmaceuticals, the America's region for Bayer. Um, we'll get to him in one second, but before we start, one or two quick plugs. Uh, first and foremost, this week's MM&M podcast is being brought to you by Guidemark Health. Please check out their Agency 100 profile and agency showcase listing on our website, which is mmm-online.com. Also, we have our next virtual event on Thursday, June 25th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. It's called COVID-19 Crisis Control, What's Next for Healthcare? And in it, we'll have experts talking about the point of care space and about the changing role and the changing tactics of our pharma reps amid the COVID pandemic. Should be really good. We hope you'll join us. But back to today, uh, Sebastian, welcome and thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Larry, for having me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be with you today. All right. You know, we're, we're both bunked out in a bunker down in New Jersey. I believe uh, you are in an attic. I am in my son's room. So we've got the very formal podcast studios going on here. Um, but I guess first question is almost the, almost the most basic one we could ask you. Um, how, how are you? How, has, how is your team at Bayer? Um, how has everybody been coping with this insane, quote unquote, new normal? Larry, as you, as you said, it, it is really a hundred days of, uh, of entirely new experiences. Uh, if I start actually with my personal life, you mentioned that I'm in the meantime working out of the attic uh, in my home uh, in New Jersey. Uh, my, <laughs> my, office, my office was previously next to the kitchen, uh, but the family got so fed up with me that they, they moved me up to the attic. Uh, and in many ways, you know, I, I think it's, it's an experience where we all need to find a new balance between work and personal life, because this has put a tremendous strain on, on all of us, not just at work and with our companies and the jobs we do, but also, also personally. Um, by and large, I'm doing, I'm doing well. We're healthy. The organization keeps impressing me. Um, and, and I, I think there is, there's in fact some silver lining in, in all of uh, what we're going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that one of the things, you know, it's interesting, you have conversations about this with people in roles like your own. And, you know, one of the, one of the things you hear a lot is that, you know, we have learned a lot about ourselves. You know, there are things that we didn't think we were going to be able to do that we're able to do, not just capably, but extremely well. Um, tell me a little bit about that. What were some of the aspects, you know, Bayer's you know, change to virtual life that uh, surprised you, that impressed you, that maybe you didn't think you would have been able to pull off uh, earlier, uh, earlier in the year. So, if you if you ask me, um, if you'd asked me um, earlier this year or late last year whether I could imagine our organization going entirely virtual, essentially overnight, I, I would have I would have been skeptical at best. Uh, and and yet, if I look at the last hundred days, we've been. Uh, we've not just been able to do that, but we've in fact uh, maintained our productivity. Uh, we've really been able to deliver against our purpose of health for all, hunger for none at this very time. And, and that is, is something that is, is truly a new experience for me and gives me, it gives me great confidence as in, in what's possible. Um, to that end, um, you know, and obviously it's almost a silly question to ask, given that COVID has impacted everything and everyone. But um, what was the bigger picture impact of COVID on, you know, Bayer's America's operation? You know, what were some of the immediate 
top items for your to-do list and um, how did you how did you accommodate that? Now our top priority early on was to guarantee the health and safety of our employees and to ensure uh, the robust and continued supply of our medicines because there's a number of patients out there that are dependent on us. Um, in, in achieving uh, and delivering against those priorities, we, we faced similar challenges uh, to many other healthcare companies. We had to really figure out how to keep uh, our essential workers safely producing products. We had to uh, figure out how to best deploy our field-based colleagues in new ways. We had to set up those uh, that could work from home to do so um, uh, in a productive and, 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 and had to sort of transition them into a suitable work environment. And then internally, we, we had to uh, find new ways to connect in a remote uh, world uh, with uh, and across our organization. And then in addition, and we talked about this earlier, uh, we had to, um, uh, above and beyond, uh, find ways to accommodate the personal situations uh, that everyone was dealing with. You know, we, we have many colleagues that had to care for their families, uh, perhaps vulnerable family members, schooling of our kids, uh, uh, establishing new routines in the midst, midst of all of this as families is, is, is something that we uh, not only uh, took note of, but, but really additionally tried to address and, and, uh, um, and uh, contribute to uh, as, as we were building out our new normal. Um, what was for you personally the first day like, you know, the first day, you know, whether it was in early March, mid-March, when everybody was home, everybody was getting, you know, their first taste of working under the circumstances you just described. Tell me, tell me a little bit about how yours proceeded. So if I if I look at my first day, I actually assembled my leadership team, and uh, and at that time, you know, we were still struggling to identify the appropriate technology platform to work with. We had historically a routine of. Uh, coming together face-to-face -face, uh, and then uh, the occasional telephone conference. But we, we decided very early on, actually, on the first day that we would transition to a video conferencing platform, had to decide which platform to use, had to build up the infrastructure, and actually first um, started focusing on, on one of our key cultural beliefs, which was speak up and listen, or is speak up and listen. It's, it's the notion of really understanding where the organization was at that time emotionally and listening with intent uh, to, to determine how we can best support our colleagues uh, and transition them in a way that provides them the health and safety and at the same time sees us continuously delivering against our purpose and ensuring the continued supply of our products. So that's what we focused on on day one and a, a very, very intense moment for my leadership team. Yeah, everybody up at about 5.30 in the morning and ready and raring to go in a way that poss possibly they usually are not, you know? Um, I, I think one of the reasons we were so keen to speak with you for this podcast is that, you know, I, uh, we always had sensed that Bayer's culture is one that's very strong and it's certainly one that you put a lot of effort into. And I believe when we spoke with the story a couple months ago, you know, you quoted the old maxim, you know, culture each strategy for lunch. How, how do you maintain culture during a shutdown, you know, of this kind? And also with everything else that's going on in the larger world over the last couple of weeks, you know, how do you ensure that, you know, to, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned before, field-based colleagues, how do you ensure that the culture is 
getting out to people that are, you know, sort of on the flank as opposed to the people that are right in the middle of it all. Yeah, Larry, I, I, I actually think that uh, particularly a crisis and, and the, the pandemic that we, we're living through is, is actually an opportunity to continue accelerate uh, the transformation of our culture here at, at Bayer. I, I firmly believe uh, that it is the culture that is bringing us through these unprecedented times and ultimately allowing us to flourish. Uh, so to me, the last 100 days were in many ways an inflection point uh, uh, and an opportunity to continue to solidify our culture. Um, and, and that's really what we focused on. So we've been very intentional um, over the last 100 days in, in focusing on culture, um, and, and it has strengthened us. Um, the first um, cultural belief that we focused on was uh, what I described as speak up and listen, and we talked about this earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, 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 we listened with intent to our own organization. We listened with intent to our customers to really understand what they require. Uh, but then we went on and, and I think uh, focused very much on our cultural belief of take, accountabil- take accountability. I act with resolve speak and ownership in all my decisions. That's how we describe it. And, and, and so colleagues across the organization really take accountability for what was required at the time. And there is uh, truly a number of heroes I saw um, during the, these moments across our entire organization, folks that stepped up above and beyond the ordinary and truly brought our culture to life in ways that, that just leave me with nothing but pride. Uh, could you share one of those hero stories or even more than one of those hero stories if you're able to? Sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, a hero story that comes to mind, and there's many that come to mind, maybe I'll share one or two. One hero story that comes to mind is actually a story related to our supply chain organization. You know, um, they colleagues in, in the supply chain team were suddenly struggling uh, to find um, uh, flights uh, and, and air cargo um, routes uh, for our products. Uh, and I, I remember one of our colleagues in the supply chain organization literally working for 48 hours to bring a very important and needed shipment into the United States. So wow. she stayed up uh, to monitor that shipment to make sure uh, that the product made uh, the connections that she had figured out. And, and, and she was she was just so focused on on contributing to the health and well-being of Americans. It, it left me truly, truly impressed and inspired. And was take accountability and customer obsessed. Yet another cultural belief of ours uh, at work and in practice. When you, when you have an example like that, you know, I would imagine something like that doesn't happen invisibly. It happens very visibly to the rest of the organization. Um, how, how much of a rallying call does that kind of a rallying cry does that kind of provide for the culture? It's like, you know, listen, here's what, you know, one of your teammates is doing. You know, this is the extent that everybody's going, you know, largely on their own volition. Um, you know, how, how much of a how much did everybody get behind that? I guess is probably the way to put it. I mean, it was it, it is it was and continues to be a true rallying cry, um, as you said. I, I mean, we celebrated this colleague of ours, for example, at a at a town hall meeting, uh, and 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 it was amazing to see 
the recognition and the, the sort of the, the pride, the energy uh, that her and many more experiences were driving across the entire organization. You know, in my mind, culture is, is, is ultimately a set of experiences that help us shape beliefs and it's the beliefs that then create actions and create results. And it's those experiences that are, that are just incredibly powerful and to our earlier conversation, accelerate the cultural transformation that we witness as we speak at Bayer. Um, this is sort of a sort of an adjunct to the culture question, but um, it's about keeping people engaged. Um, what were some of the strategies that Bayer has been using over the last couple of months to make sure that you know you, you, you know you fall into routine? You know, you have the routine of getting up, going to work, coming home. Now you have the routine of getting up, you know, maybe if you're more ambitious than I am, you know, actually putting on pants, you know, and then doing the job. Um, how do you keep people engaged when, you know, everybody's, you know, a little bit distant from each other? Um, what were some of the things that worked for you? So from, I was initially concerned that the period of remote working would, would see us drifting apart as an organization. And in reality, what we've been able to collectively achieve is quite the opposite. So today, what I observe is an even greater level of connectedness uh, uh, across the entire team. And I, what is, I, I think what has really guided us in all of our work along the way is the two cultural beliefs of one team and speak up and listen, an aspect that we talked about before. So when I look at one team, uh, we in the early days started to really celebrate the many new co-workers we have across uh, our organization because suddenly, you know, children, partners, pets, uh, they were all part of, of our work family. We could see them on Zoom uh, or other platforms uh, that we're using. Um, um, they, they were really growing to be, be, be part of our organization. And, and rather than ignoring that, we decided to actually celebrate that. Um, we started a new video series, which we called Bayer Kids. Uh, we established a rule of no apology ever uh, for disruptions that just happened to all of us. Um, and, 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 and with that, really expanded, as I said, our work family. So in, in addition, we put a lot of emphasis uh, on, on the psych psychological and mental health uh, because it, this, this really puts all of us in, 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 in unprecedented, uh, and it, it puts all of us in the middle of an unprecedented time. So we, we hosted, for example, a great session with a celebrity, celebrity psychiatrist, Daniel Amen, um, whose well-known clients include folks like Miley Cyrus, um, and, and that was very popular. And lastly, uh, we put a lot, lot of emphasis on creating opportunities to connect. Uh, so we hosted uh, weekly video calls with all colleagues. Uh, um, I hosted a number uh, and regular smaller virtual coffee chats with employees. Uh, and, and we listened very carefully to the insights and the feedback that uh, the organization provided us in those conversations. Um, you addressed something over the course of that answer I'd like to follow up on. Um, you mentioned you know, the psychological strain and you know, mental health that I believe is, you know, in a lot of organizations really not being tended to. Um, how, how quickly did Bayer kind of focus in on that as something that, you know, we're a company with a strong culture. We want to make sure that this becomes and stays a priority. 
You know, we, we focused in on that in the very early days uh, because we recognized that we're not machines. You know, none of us is. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we all... We, we all have different ways to deal with stress, uh, but none of us is immune to stress. And, and rather than sweeping that under the rug, we instead decided that we would bring this to light. Uh, we would allow those conversations to happen. And in fact, also share some of our own vulnerabilities and some of our own experiences as leaders, uh, the ups and the downs that all of us go through. Um, and, and that has that has proven to be very powerful because it, it highlighted to every colleague across the organization that they are not alone. You know, we're in this together. And as a team, we have the means to see this through and emerge more strong or sm- more strongly individually. And as a company, we have also the, the ability to make resources available uh, that individually we may struggle to get access to. Um, I'd like to build on your answer to that last question. Um, in a very big picture sense, you know, what were some of the things that you think Bayer got, you know, quote unquote, right, that, you know, maybe some other companies, you know, whether competitors or in other businesses or anything else, maybe they didn't get quite as right. You know, what were some of the steps you took early that in your mind paid off the most? Larry, I would probably highlight four aspects that I, I feel we got right. Um, the first is that we squarely focused on our purpose, health for all, hunger for none, and we were striving to be part of the solution. The second piece I would highlight is that we really honed in on our cultural imperatives. We were very intentional on our culture and the cultural experiences we wanted to create. Take accountability and customer obsessed as well as speak up and listen were aspects that we highlighted initially, one team and grow talent. Uh, these were additional aspects one could feel uh, across our organization all along. Um, in addition, and as a third aspect, um, it was really our internal communications. We were transparent and consistent. We told our employees what we would do, and then we did it. Uh, this may sound very simple, uh, but particularly in, in the last 100 days, that was very, very important to us. And lastly, um, as leaders, you know, we never claimed that we had all the answers uh, and short vulnerability. Um, we, we're not machines. Uh, we're, we're all experiencing a situation that none of us has experienced before, and, and that uh, became an additional element to connect us all across the organization. Um, how about the flip side of that last question? Um, were there one or two things that you did, um, that Bayer did, that, you know, maybe, you know, you started doing and said, you know what, this isn't right, and kind of turned around, and I want to say reversed, but maybe fine-tuned. Um, were there any sort of uh, initial small missteps? Yeah, I, I think, in, um, I would say big picture, I, I'm, I'm really very pleased uh, with, with all the experiences we've created I think what I realized uh, a lot over the course of the pandemic is how important it was to connect not only with larger groups of people, but also with smaller groups of people. So, so as we evolved, I put more emphasis on smaller virtual coffee talks, uh, reestablished the practice I was, I was 
previously um, 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 sort of doing and, and, and when we were still in the office. And I, I, I came to realize how important that was because there's simply colleagues across the organization that feel more confident speaking up in smaller groups than in larger groups. So we evolve our, our activities in that context. So that's one thing I would highlight and, and, a, and a learning for me along the way. Um, how about some other learnings and takeaways from the last few months? I mean, certainly given your role, you know, you were the person that a lot of other people look to. Um, I'm struck by something you said a couple minutes ago about never claiming that, you know, you had all the answers. What, what were some of the tougher questions that you dealt, dealt with and what were your takeaways that you'll be able to use down the road as things slowly return to, you know, whatever winds up constituting normal? So as I, as I look at my key takeaways, I think my first key takeaway is, is that we are stronger based on what we learn. Um, as an organization, we have come together with a greater sense of purpose, a stronger commitment to one another, and a more pronounced energy to achieve our goals and, and serve customers and patients. And that really is a, a firmly held belief that, that I have now looking at the experience of the last 100 days. Um, as, I, as I look at a bigger picture, I, I think uh, it has also and additionally reaffirmed this notion that a clarity of purpose combined with strong cultural imperatives, that that is just a tremendously powerful combination. You know, if purpose and, and cultural imperatives become the dominant guidepost in a world that is rapidly changing, um, then, then a lot of good things can happen and, and the ability to react and shape our organization as we go along is, is actually pretty incredible. So, so that's a, a couple of the key, key takeaways I have as I look at, as I look at the experience of, of the, uh, during this pandemic. Uh, Sebastian, just one last question for you. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before we started taping about you know predictions and what comes next, and you said something which I thought was you know, very smart, very wise. Um, that you know you're preparing, you're not predicting. Um, what what comes next? You know when uh you know whether it's you know whether it's in the fall, whether it's in a couple of weeks, whether it's next winter. Um, you know how does Bayer return to what's likely to be a very very different new normal? You know I think we in the early days of this pandemic we were very we were very obsessed um, that's maybe too 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 strong of a word, but we were very focused on trying to predict what exactly could happen or would happen next and we realized early that we needed to stop predicting and predicting and instead start start preparing because none of us really knows what exactly is going to happen next. Uh, and if we, if we become too focused on trying to define that one scenario that we could then plan towards, it, it may lead us down the wrong path. Um, so, so instead, we started to work with scenarios, uh, and that's a wide range of scenarios, and started to prepare for the different, um, for, for those different scenarios and, and the different um, the different realities and next normals that, that may emerge. Um, in, in my mind, clearly, um, we will be looking at a gradual return to the next normal. Um, I believe from today's perspective, it is safe to say 
that in this next normal, we will look at a different mix between virtual and face-to-face -face engagements. But if you ask me specifically what that next normal is going to look like, uh, my sincere answer is I don't know, but I do know that we will be prepared and I do know that we will be a, a, an even stronger company in whatever that next normal is. Well, when we have you on the podcast a third time, we're going to have to talk about coming back and how that normal did eventually present itself and what Bear did to keep its culture as strong as it already is uh, during it. Sebastian, I can't thank you enough for your time here today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and you're always so generous with your time. Many thanks for this. Thank you, Larry. I really enjoyed that conversation, and I do look forward to our next conversation. All right. That's it for today on the mm and podcast. Again, it's presented this week by Guide Mark Health. Many thanks for listening, and we will be back again next week. Um, for mm and this is Larry Dobrow. Thanks, and be well. Thank you.